Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, or PRT for short. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my co-host today. Anthony, good evening, everyone. Anthony Moreno. Um, uh, people, this is um, sort of our return to, to the Friday night episodes. I wanted to come back, and uh, we had to take a hiatus because of situation that, that came up family. My mother... Uh, he passed away. I know a lot of you already know this, but for those of you who've been asking me that only listen on Spotify and other platforms, uh, she passed away in May, mid May. And, uh, it was hard and it still is. And so I kind of had to step back and, 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 uh, I'm, I'm back now. I'm, I'm going to start recording again and, and doing some shows. I had a lot of stuff in, in the chamber ready to go. And, um, yeah, when that happened, it kind of, uh, kind of derailed everything. And, um, so I've done a couple live streams since then. If you folks want to go and look at the live streams, I have several live streams and I explained some other things that were going on, but, uh, we're not going to get into all that. We're not going to talk about all that. We're moving on. Um, but, uh, I wanted to let everyone know that I really, really appreciate for those of you who knew, um, and gave me condolences. People, the outpouring was unreal. I mean, there were people sending me flowers uh, from all over to my mom's funeral, which was really cool. I really appreciated the support. We even had a couple listeners show up for the funeral, which was really neat. My mom was very well liked and she had some pretty cool stories and it was too bad. Me and Anthony were sitting here kicking ourselves for not talking to her, you know, but the last year or so, you know, I, I, it was hard, you know, we couldn't see her during COVID and I couldn't, uh, really, you know, cause you know, she's, she's older and she had a lot of health problems. And so we kept saying, you know, once COVID was over, once COVID was over, we're going to do this and do that. And it just didn't happen. And then she got ill, not with COVID. She, she died of a stroke. Um, and she suffered unfortunately. And, uh, so we never really got to get around to getting her stories, but I will tell some of her stories at, at some point someday. And it took years for her to even be willing to talk about them, but eventually you know, she was kind of ready to, and just, we just couldn't get it done. We wanted her to do it in person when we could get down there or she could come up here and it just didn't happen with the COVID and all that. So, but she, she's, uh, she's in a better place. Um, may she rest in peace. I love my mother and I always will. So just wanted everybody to understand and know that that's what was going on with that. Uh, so we're back. And we're going to do an episode tonight, and we're going to talk about some stuff. But first, let me get the email out. It's PRT. It's uh, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. That's my email address. The web address, obviously, is PRTPodcast.com. And uh, some people who are asking about the uh, address where you could send things, which I've gotten some pretty cool stuff in the mail. Uh, 6001 West Palmer Lane, Suite 370, PMB 131, Austin, Texas, 78727. 6001 West Palmer Lane, Suite 370, PMB 131, Austin, Texas, 78727. So I, I want to uh, remind everyone that we are still doing an art contest for the month of June. It, it, it was for May, and it kind of got pushed back. So if, you're doing, if you submit your art to, for the Jersey Devil Art Contest for June, Go ahead and do that, and we will uh, be choosing a winner for that. First place is a hundred hundred bucks. Second place fifty bucks. Second place twenty five bucks, and you all get something really cool. You will get an autograph book, uh, a shirt, um, and some 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 swag. 
So uh, also in this show, like in every show, if you go to the YouTube, uh, if you watch it on YouTube or whatever, um, uh, you will probably be more aware of what's going on. We we did the contest for the live streams, and Joe Gwynn, he won the last one. And then uh, we had a couple other winners too um, for the, for the uh, week before. We picked two people. And uh, they won uh, one of five discs that I have that were from Barton Nunley and from uh, the show that he did called Hunt the Hunt the Dogman. And it was from the LBL. Barry Winfield was one of the people that won. Uh, Sandra Sullivan was the other one. So congratulations to them uh, and Joe Gwynn. Those discs are not the discs. You, there's only eight of them in existence. And I had five of them. Now I have three because I gave two out. Um, but you can't get those on Amazon. You get the the one on Amazon. It's, it doesn't have all the extra stuff on there. It doesn't have all the, the, the same, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? The same content. So that being said, uh, congratulations to those people and anybody who doesn't keep up with the, the YouTube channel, go and check it out. And there's a lot of stuff that was going on in the live streams with the LBL. We were talking about the killings in the LBL. Uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we just, we, you know, we, we kept having more guests on and, and more people talking about it. And it's controversial to say the least. And, uh, we got a lot of, uh, feedback on it. A lot of people were, uh, interested in it. And, and so, yeah, if you're interested in checking that out, it's only, that's exclusively on YouTube for you, for those of you who don't, don't uh, listen to YouTube. Our groups are Paranormal Encounters, Paranormal Roundtable, Paranormal Lounge, um, whisper to a scream, which is Ryan's group. Uh, and what else? We have the Josh Turner fan page. It was created by some fans. And then we have my, my Josh Wolf Turner fan page, which is still up. You know, we have that. And then we have the PRT fan page. We have all those groups and those fan pages. So you can only get those on Facebook, go to Facebook. When we drop this episode, of course, as always, there will be a contest. You, you put a comment on there. And we choose the comment at random, and I typically do not choose uh, the the uh, the comment. It's one of somebody from my team will pick somebody from random, and so if you drop a comment on the official link that will be posted in the Paranormal Roundtable group page from Facebook, and you can be entered in to win a autographed book, um, and some PRT swag. That's what they win. That's what you. That's what you'll win if you if you're if you're chosen. So, autograph book could be anywhere from Linda Godfrey, David Weatherly, Nick Redfern. We have a, a bunch of people: King Gerhard, Lyle Blackburn, a bunch of friends of ours, Barton Nunley. Um, so you might win a book, an autograph book, and uh, and some PRT swag. We have all kinds of stuff. Uh, we have stickers, we have shirts, we have mugs. There's no telling what we're going to put in there. We put all kinds of stuff in there. And if you're not from the state of Texas, we'll send you some uh, Texas knickknacks. So that you can feel like you're from the Lone Star State. All right. So that being said, do we got anything else to talk about? Nope. We can get right right into it. Good. Let's get this going here. So, folks, what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is a story that happened back in the mid, I think it was the mid to late 80s. And I know this guy personally. And uh, this this was a story that I knew part of what, what happened, and I was not 100% sure. Um, about all the details. So I ran into this guy's brother uh, several months back when I was at in Thorndale, picking up some barbecue at the Thorndale Meat Market. Uh, my buddy Trey Felton, the, 
that has that that uh, that place there. And he's he's written a book. I need to I keep saying this. I need to get him on the show. We're gonna do it though. We're gonna get it done. Um, but he's written a book. He's a Bigfoot guy. He's all into that that area. You know, th- there's uh, loaded with stories about Bigfoot. You know, and uh, so, anyways. When I was a kid, and I ran into this guy, and uh, I said, hey, how's your brother? Because his brother was my age, and we went to church together. And the church had a school uh, that, that was a, ch- a Christian school and that we went to together. And he was only there for about a semester, and then, then he went back to public school. Because it, it was a very difficult school. The curriculum was very hard. And so a lot of people, would they would go there, and then they would leave because it was just too hard. Um, and it was just, it was just too much. Uh, so they, so he, he was only there for about a semester, but we became friends and I would actually go out to their, uh, farm ranch, whatever you want to call it. I guess it was like a, a mixture of the two, uh, kind of like my uncle Butch's place, very similar to like a ranch, but it's also a farm, a lot of livestock. Um, but, but a lot of farmland too. So they had about 120 acres and in the middle of that, um, there was kind of a divot. If you look at it from an aerial view, it'd be like kind of like a divot. And that, that little four acres or whatever it was, was, was filled with, filled with trees. There was a house there that actually belonged to someone else. And a friend, uh, another friend of ours, his older brother actually rented that house. And so there was a, a big ranch house that was the main house. And then there was like a big, one of those, uh, you know where people work on cars and stuff. It's it's, it's almost like a hangar, like a carport. Uh, yeah, like a carport, but like a hangar. Oh, okay, you know, like, like one of those big tin buildings. Yeah, and it's wide open. And, yeah. yeah, and so we would play in there, and they, it was a really cool place. They 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 had like a basketball court. They had a, a little swimming pool. Um, so we'd go out there and we'd have fun. It was his grandparents' place, and his grandparents were really nice people. And on this land. They had two tanks, one that was closer to the house, and we'd actually go swimming in it. Now, a tank out here is like a big puddle of water, basically, that the cows drink out of. That's a man-made pond. It's a man-made pond. Yeah, it's what it is. But it's 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 almost not even – it's a smaller than a pond. It's like they had two tanks, and one was actually fed by a creek that, that flowed from uh, a larger creek. So – um, th- this one was actually like, like fed, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know if it was spring fed, but it, it had natural water. The other one was like, it was, there was like a, like a kind of an entrenchment that was dug to, to, to fill the other one. And that one was completely man-made. So we would swim out there, even though there was a pool in the back, we'd go swimming out in the Creek. Uh, we had, we had fun. We'd go and we'd, we'd find frogs and we'd, we'd, we'd catch crawdads, things like that. But, uh, it would get really spooky out there at night and it would be so dark and it was way out in the middle of the woods. And I don't want to give away the location too much. I'll just say this, that it is in, um, Eastern central Texas. I'll say that that's where it was at. And it wasn't far from where I was going to school when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if, cause that, that land now is owned by his parents and I don't know if they want people going out there looking around. Uh, I did manage to get a hold of him uh, a few weeks back just to make sure that I had all the details before I did a story about it because I didn't want to go into telling a story and not have the uh, the absolute details on it. So we had a talk, and it is more or less the way I remembered it, but not 100%. Like as a kid, you know, you remember things, and there's some details. Um, So 
Anyways, there was this old abandoned house on that property, and it was made of rock. Like, it was a solid rock house. Okay? And uh, so we, we would go and we would play in that house, and it had electricity. Um, there was this one light bulb that hung from the ceiling. It was really, yeah, it was that, you know, and there was like a little switch, you know, you pulled the, the little cord. Yeah, the cliche hanging light bulb. Yeah, and it was literally like one of those that would swing, you know. Yeah, like the spooky uh, swinging basement light bulb. Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, in the summertime, and typically uh, at church on Sunday, we went on Wednesday and Sunday was church. And so church night on Sunday, I'd, I'd, I'd say, hey, you know, I want to come out and stay, you know, whatever. Okay, cool, you know. And then I'd go out to stay for a couple of days in the summertime. It was always, almost always in the summer. Um, because we would only see each other, you know, at, at church. And so, um, you know, we'd hang out and talk and do whatever. And then, you know, and then, Hey, you know, we come and stay for a couple nights and whatever. And we'd, we'd all play. And typically there'd be more than one, one or two of us out there. He had uh, his brother, who was his younger brother, the one that I ran into. And then he had his stepbrother who would come in the summertime and he was a really cool kid. Um, and he would only be there in the summertime. And his name, um, I'm not going to give his name. I'll call him Tyler. And, uh, and his brother, I'll, I'll call him David. And uh, Brandon, uh, he's not on social media. He doesn't do any of that. He's kind of leery of it, I guess, whatever. And uh, he's a mechanic now. Uh, so anyways, he, you know, Brandon, Tyler, and David, you know, we'd all be out there playing and, and, and we'd have fun. And sometimes my other friend would come out there and we'd stay and there'd be four or five of us out there running around. And now here's, here's the deal. His grandparents would tell us, cause they would go to bed about 10 o'clock. I mean, it was like religiously 10 o'clock bedtime. And they would say, okay, you kids, there's two bedrooms there and a den Now you can stay in the house. But if you decide that at 10 o'clock, you make up your minds. Do you want to run around out in the land and play and be out there all night? Because you could go to the hangar, you could shoot the hoops, you can go out to the, you know, they let us do whatever we wanted. There was a barn out there and we could go out there and play and do whatever. Or you could go to the rock house, the brick house as we called, or the stone house as we called it. And y'all could play out there and they had an old black and white TV and we'd hook up the Nintendo. You could be as loud as you wanted out there and you could do whatever you wanted out there. Uh, or you could stay inside the house. Now you didn't have to go to sleep at 10 o'clock, but you had to be really quiet. And that was it. You didn't have an option. If you were loud, then they would come in there and tell you to go to bed. And that happened, uh, once. So we were like, okay, we knew after 10 o'clock we were going to be stuck outside because we didn't want to be held to the strictures of, of having to be, you know, an elderly couple coming in and saying, shut up, go to sleep, you know? Yeah. To a kid, that sounds like a no-brainer anyway, because when I was a kid, yeah. you couldn't keep me inside. Yeah, you wanted to be outside playing. Yeah. And, and they had a, they had a dirt bike, you know, that we would play on. Now, I've only been on a motorcycle one time when I was a, like an older teenager, and I wrecked. I never got back on it again ever in my life. I'm terrified of them. So, but I, but I did get on the dirt bike, and they had an ATV, a three-wheeler. So we'd play. Oh, those are even more dangerous. Yeah, they're very dangerous. They yeah. don't even make them no more. No. Uh-uh. So so we would play with them, but we would run out of gas. We'd play with them until they were out of gas by, by nighttime, you know, and then his grandpa would be like, nah, I ain't, you ain't using up my gas, you know. <laughs> so then we were kind of on foot, you know, and we'd be out there playing. Um, I went out there a couple times, had a good time, uh, and I enjoyed going out there. And I probably went out there two, three, four times a summer. Um, spent two or three days at a time out there and had a good time. We would sleep in, in, in the rock house. 
Now, nothing ever happened to me. Well, I won't say nothing. One time something happened. We were playing uh, a Nintendo game and there were three of us out there and we heard a thud like up against the wall. Now, when I say a thud, I'm talking like you could see like like some dirt or debris or something like fall from the ceiling down onto the ground on that wall. And we thought literally somebody had just slammed like one of the ATVs into or the, the like one of them into the wall. Yeah. So we all walk outside. We had a flashlight and we look. We don't see anything. But we smelled something and it was really funky. And uh, we were like, what is that? It smelled like uh, BO mixed with like urine, rotten garbage. It's only I could describe it. Um, didn't think nothing of it. Went back inside and we thought, man, maybe it's some hogs or something, you know? Uh, so we went back to doing what we were doing. I went back to sleep because I was, I was exhausted. Now this thing had windows and it was just basically one, one big giant room that used to be two rooms, but one of the walls was like partially gone. Being honest, it probably wasn't the safest place to be because the ceiling was probably not real. The walls were solid. They're probably still there to this day, but that ceiling's probably gone. Um, but the roof, I should say. So what ended up happening to Brandon and we had another friend named Kyle that went out there. It was Brandon and Kyle and then his stepbrother who would come down, uh, Tyler and then, uh, his brother, David. Now on this particular night, David fell asleep inside the house. So David, you know, did not get He did not have this terrifying night that went on that I'm about to talk about. Brandon basically uh, gave me the rundown, and I just kind of corrected my notes and what I remembered of it of having happened. Um, Here's what happened: They were out playing about eleven o'clock at night, and 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 of course they were told, "Hey, you know, go outside or stay inside, but you can't go in and out. You're not going to do both." And so they they got their ultimatum like we always did. And they went outside and they shot some hoops for a little bit, played around, whatever. About 12 or one, they decided to go to the rock house and play uh, the brick house, or I'm sorry, stone house and play Nintendo. They had a massive amount of video games in there. I remember that because his grandparents were, were pretty well off. And, and, uh, we, we could even, sometimes we'd get, uh, the the guy BJ that lived in that that house on that on that uh, that was the adjacent there was like a like I said like a little notch and that was right there in, in, in on the property that belonged to a, a, a another family that leased out that house and sometimes BJ who was our a kid our age that was his older brother and he was about my sister's age and he had a truck and and so you know. He was like a teenager, whatever. And he was literally living out there. He was a, he was a teenager, like an older teenager. I think he's maybe a couple years older than my sisters. So that we would sometimes he'd be like, "Hey, you know, here, you know, take the keys," and he'd let us drive the truck around. We go all over the property. We go out in the pasture and we just go and just just mess around. And then we we you know never had much gas though. And then we'd have to take it back. <laughs> And one time we went all the way down the edge of the property and we probably were on the neighbor's property at that point. And we had to walk all the way back and get gas and then go back out there. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a cool place to, to hang out. But one night they were out there messing around and BJ had told them that earlier in the evening, he had seen something really weird, like a, like a weird reddish brown looking something crouched down uh, on the other side of the house in between that and where this tank was, where this water, the, the, this uh, pool of water. 
And he said that he saw something that looked really odd and he, he was driving onto his property and he had a set of binoculars. So he looked, tried to see it. And he said, this thing waded across the Creek. Now this was back in like the mid eighties. I'm talking 85, 86. Okay. So he's not going to take out a cell phone and take a video of this creature. He just saw it do what it did. He said it wasn't real big. It was, it was had a pointy head. Didn't get a real good look at its face because it was it had its back turned to him. And so he decided to go up to the main house and tell the Brandon's grandparents. Well, Brandon's grandfather already had an idea of what he was talking about. Um, apparently he had seen one of these things too. But these things had never done anything to anybody in that area as far as they knew. They were just kind of there and they didn't know what they were. And they weren't, I don't think that they were even really 100% that they existed. It was just like, hey, did I see that? What is that? You know what I mean? Like, they, it, was yeah. like it was like that. You know what I mean? Um, and, th- and I think they didn't tell us kids because, A, I, don't, I think they didn't think it was going to hurt anybody because they never did. And then I think that they didn't want to scare us because then we'd be, you know, inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, up there in the house and, and aggravating the heck out of them. And so they were like, you know, let's just not say anything, you know, whatever. So uh, I, I had no idea that there was something out there. Well, anyways, what happened was they were inside the house and they were just getting ready to start playing video games and they hear uh, a, a something bump, bump against the wall. It was like a... Like, you know how when something bumps against the wall, and I've said this before, and it almost kind of sounds like something sliding, you know? Yeah. And they could they could hear it, and then whatever it was came across the glass because they could hear a tap on the glass, and they look. Now, there's windows around this big square building uh, with no blinds, no shades, nothing. It's just, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, it's just, whatever's out there could see directly into you. Yep, and you can't see out and, and you can barely unless see you out. get right up on the window. Exactly. So they didn't see what it was and they all looked and they were like, and Kyle, the, the kid who, I, I don't I don't know this kid that well. He was from a neighboring town and they knew him. They went to school with him because they went to school in another town. Um, so I don't know who he was. I just know that like I, I met him one time like at church camp or something and, and he was there for like three days and he had like an asthma attack or something. He had to leave. I just remember he was kind of a, kind of a, I'm not gonna say, I don't say it the bad about him, but he was kind of weak, kind of, kind of a dorky kid. Um, you know, and I wasn't like, I didn't have a problem with the kid. He just, he just was like one of those kind of people who's sick, you know, whatever. Um, so anyways, he starts freaking out. Then he wants to go inside uh, in the main house and call his mom and dad to come and get him. Okay. Now there's no phone inside this the the the, the stone house. He has to go. And now I told you about this earlier, Anthony. He has to go literally five six hundred yards. Okay. I think it's about six hundred yards. Yeah. To the main house. And that's a pretty good hike. I mean, you can see it. You know. And if it's in the dark and the pitch dark, you know, there's copperheads and everything else under the sun out there. And if you get close to the water, that creek in particular, there's cottonmouths, uh, water moccasins. So this kid starts walking back and they hear a scream. And then the kid runs back and comes back inside and says, lock the door, lock the door. And he's freaking out. Clay, but, but like what kind like a human scream or like what, what kind of scream? He screamed. Oh. What? It was him. Oh, okay. Like he screamed. 
And then they're like, whoa. And they all like start looking out the window trying to see, but you can't see nothing. So the kid runs back into the house and into the, into the stone house and tells them, let me in. You know, they open the door and the kid's freaking out. Now his shirt is ripped. Like it was literally like the back of it was torn out, like, you know, and his neck was red. He said that something grabbed him. He couldn't get a good look at it because it was pitch dark and he could barely see. The flashlight got knocked out of his hand. All he saw, according to to what Brandon told me that Kyle said, he saw uh, what looked like a hand with hair going down to the, to the wrist and a little bit onto the top of the hand with gray looking fingers. And that knocked the flashlight out of his hand. And he said that this thing grabbed him and, and he he squirmed free. He said it wasn't like overly large. It was probably, you know, six foot tall. But it grabbed him by his shirt and his shirt was ripped. Okay. Now, I remember back in those days, you know, everybody was wearing like these, you know, I don't even remember what that we were wearing. Ocean Pacific body glove. I, I can't even remember all the, the, the goofy stuff we wore. And I just remember this kid being angry about his shirt being ripped because it was a, an expensive shirt. And so, so he gets back and he's all like, my mom and dad are going to kill me, man. And and so from the look of on his back, there was like this big scratch. It didn't look like claw marks. It just said it was a big scratch. And they say, well, you know, if, if you're lucky whatever that was didn't kill you. <clears throat> now, they all just kind of sat there in disbelief, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say. Do we all go out there together at the same time and try to make it back to the main house? Um, they didn't have any firearms on them, which typically, I'm going to tell you the truth, youngsters down in Texas now, back then, guys, I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. I was out there running around. Yeah, we had guns. But uh, the guns they had were in the hangar. So they weren't out there in the rock house. And when I was there, that we usually had a couple shotguns and a twenty-two, maybe even a little twenty-two pistol out there. They left all their guns at the hangar. They all are just cut off from everything. They were cut off from everything, yes. And so they made the decision that they were going to all go out together to go and to the main house. And, you know, so they because this kid at this point was hysterical. Well, they started to walk out. Then Kyle decides, I don't want to go outside. I'm going to stay right here until y'all return. And then the oldest kid, which was the, the, uh, the uh, which would have been Brandon, uh, him and Tyler were both like, no, we're all going to go together. We're going to stay together, you know? Um, and like I said, none of us had ever seen anything. I, none of us, had, as far as I know, had ever seen any footprints um, the only thing that ever happened to me was just that weird smell and then the bang on, on the, on the wall, which I can assume at this point maybe was something. Um, but at the time I didn't think anything of it, uh, probably 11 years old, I think. Um, so they all decided we're all going to walk together. So they get out and they have two flashlights. Okay. They walk out, start heading from the, uh, stone house toward the main house one of the flashlights goes out because it was these little crappy <clears throat> plastic flashlights and one of them goes out and they had the big, they took the big diesel batteries. They didn't, yeah, I remember those. They didn't work worth a darn. So anyway, no. they had this one little crappy red one that I remember this, probably the same one we had when we were out there. And uh, so they, they were like, one the, one of the lead kids had the, the flashlight. It wasn't Brandon. I think he said it was Tyler. And uh, he turns and he shines a light directly on this, creature 
that was crouched down. They got a, 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 a real quick look at it at that point, and they saw that it was not human. It had its hands in between its legs, and it was down on all fours. They said that they saw like a grayish-looking skin, um, and then it had a pointy head. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the episode we did called Besieged by Bigfoot. I believe it ties into this because the, the look on the, that, that creature, the look of the, the face of this thing was of a grayish color. And that's very interesting to me because it's in a general area, not, it's probably 30, 40 miles from that other, but that's not, that's nothing for a squatch. No. So, you know, this thing had a grayish looking face, but it wasn't like a big monstrous beast, uh, you know, probably six, six and a half feet tall, which is still a big dude, but not the kind of stuff you hear about some of these squatches. And they said it was, had long skinny arms and legs and uh, at that at that point, okay, they didn't get a look at the feet. They did see an arm and a hand go up, and they said that it looked like hair, not like fur, hmm? but like hair. Okay, and it was like a red. It was covered in like a reddish brown hair, and it had a very protruding forehead, and it and it had a very protruding, pronounced muzzle, with very very pronounced canine teeth. Now I know a lot of you at home be thinking, "Dog man," I don't think it was a dog man. Okay, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. So they saw it. They took off, unfortunately, in different directions. And one of them just made a beeline for the house. And that was the smart one. <laughs> that was the smart one. Uh, that was Tyler. He took off for the house. Kyle ran back into the, the, uh, the, the, the stone house and locked the door. Unfortunately, when Brandon got back, he was banging on the door. And Kyle was in there screaming, scared, and hysterical. And the door was locked. So they they believe at this point Brandon believes that the creature uh pursued his stepbrother. Stepbrother gets uh about halfway to the house and he trips. Now there's divots and other things like that, you know. Yeah. And he says he looks back and he doesn't see this thing pursuing him, so he assumed he assumed that the thing had had gone back toward the stone house. So what he did was he got up, okay, looked for the flashlight. He found it, turned it back on, spun the flashlight around, and the thing was standing directly over him. At that point, he doesn't remember anything. Like he just, I mean, he, it's like his mind was just blank. It was like he was, it was wiped. He said that was the last thing he remembers. What I think and what, you know, Brandon told me, we both think that maybe he went and maybe he, he passed out. Yeah. Like maybe he was so scared. Um, he woke up. He had two broken ribs. Uh, his body was bruised. And uh, his face was, he had a concussion. So this thing obviously had, we, we think maybe the thing had kicked him a few yeah. times. And he had like cut marks on him. Um, like I said, folks, this ain't back in the, this back in the eighties when you weren't, you know, everybody would have photos of things. Well, let's take a picture of it. You know, it'd be like, we have a little camera. You can just go boop, 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 you know? So it did whatever it did to him. And, but the screaming, I think from Brandon, this is what I'm piecing together. Okay. What I think happened. I'm not saying this is because Brandon told me this and we kind of came to the same conclusion. Um, and I've known Brandon since we were kids and we're not real close. We're not like best friends or anything. Um, I've talked to him a, you know, maybe three times since this happened over the years. Um, uh, he was a pretty big kid, uh, you know, played football, stuff like that, you know, so he wasn't no wimp. 
I think he was about a year or two older than me. So at this point, he might have been already like maybe 12 or 13. I think I was probably 11. And so this thing went back to the stone house. And Kyle said that the thing was looking in the window. And he saw it clearly just looking in the window. And he said that it was opening its mouth, like showing its teeth. It was snapping its teeth. And literally it backed up and slapped its chest two or three times in like an aggressive manner. And so he said he literally started to crawl under the bed. Now there was an old, you know, pretty, pretty disgusting old bed. Dilapidated (laughs) old mattress. Yeah, there was one that nobody touched. And then there was a bigger one that we would actually go and sleep on. And then one person would always see it was a little cot. I remember that. And so he crawled underneath the the, the creepy old bed that I swear I saw the biggest wolf spider I've ever seen in my life by the side of my hand and uh, underneath that bed. So I, I would never sleep on that bed. But uh, he crawled underneath that bed and he said that this thing just went right through the window, uh, broke through the glass. At this point, Brandon was like trying to get in, but then, you know, he heard the glass break and he thought, okay, something's going on. So he went around the other side of the, of the house to try to look in the window and see what was going on. He sees this creature crawling through the other side through the window. And he doesn't know, he he knows that Kyle's in the house, but he doesn't know where. All right. So he starts knocking on the, on the uh, window. Uh, you know, he's like, I don't know why I did it. It was just instinct to try to like help my friend. Yeah. He's like, but when I did immediately it caught, it caught its attention and he said that it climbed back out the window and he could hear it like running, like it was going around the other side of the house. And he's like, why did I do that? So then he begins to run around the other side of the house. The only thing he could do is jump in through the window that was broken. And it was these really big, tall windows. And it's hard to describe. Um, so he he said, he goes, I jumped through the window and looked for my friend. I said, I said, Kyle, where are you? And he's like, I'm under the bed. So he looks under one bed. He's not there. And he looks under, there he is. And he says, this thing is now around the other side of the, 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 the house. It's coming back around. He goes, it's going to crawl through the window. We're going to have to make a run for it. We have to get out of here. And his friend would not move. He would not budge. And they have no idea whether uh, Tyler had made it back to the main house to get the grandfather and some help, you know. Um, and, 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 and there was a small little house right behind the main big ranch house it was just like a one bedroom house like they had built and it was a newer it was probably the newest structure on the property and that was his uncle his uncle lived there and his uncle basically had an armory he let us shoot every kind of gun there was and so he's like you know maybe he went and got his uncle and uh we'll call him Phil and he said maybe uncle Phil will come back and they'll you know they'll start blasting they'll kill this thing you know that's what he was hoping for and he said that, you know, it, 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 they were terrified. And he's like, we're inside. This thing can see us. We can't see it. So he turns the light off. He, he pulls the switch and the only light was from the TV. And they went over and they clicked it off. And we didn't have no remote control on that TV. It was just an old black and white TV. They turned the, turned the lights off, everything. And by the light of the moon, they could see this creature come back over to the, to the, to the window that was busted open. It looks in. They could see and put its hands up on the window and it begins to sniff the air and it starts to climb in through the window. He finally convinced his friend, he says, we got to crawl. You got to get out from underneath this bed and we're going to have to crawl to the door. We're going to have to open that door and we're going to have to make a run for it. That is our only chance because obviously time was passing. 
Nobody was coming for help. Tyler was obviously uh, incapacitated at that point. They didn't know one way or the other if he had made it, you know. As far as they knew, one of two things was going to happen, okay? The grandfather and and his uncle were going to come. Uh, you know, that that would have been the his his dad's brother. They were going to come and shoot this thing or help him, save him, the cavalry, you know. Or, or they were going to be killed and eaten. <laughs> it was like, that's it. That's pretty much it. You know, if we can make a run for it, maybe we have a chance. So he has to get this, you know, not to be mean, but like a very skinny, sickly kid that's not, not a very athletic person. And he's scared to death and he's going to, but he cares about his friend. He don't want him to be, to leave him there to die. Well, he wouldn't budge. And so he had to make a decision. He's like, do I leave my friend here? Or and, and and do I take a chance on this thing uh, assaulting you know me killing me whatever eating me, um, do I leave him here and let it eat him, or do I do I stay here and we, we you know I get eaten that's his choice, so he made the decision he says look you know we're both gonna die if we sit here so he decided to you know take off out the front door he got up and he scrambled, the thing began to pursue him, and he closed the door behind it and he heard it hit the door. Now, this thing obviously did not have um, uh, the ability, I guess, to turn doorknobs. Like, I guess it wasn't that intelligent, you know. Um, So it kind of banged on the door, and it was banging on the door out, so the door wasn't opening. And so he said that it was weird. Like, he kind of stepped out of the house, and he stood there looking at the door. And then common sense, you know, kicks in, your fight or flight's going crazy. He's like, I got to, I got to run. What am I doing? I'm standing here looking at this door being banged on. So he took off running. Well, he ran uh, and he got to about halfway. He looks over, he sees this thing sitting in like a pile. Like he didn't know what it was. And he gets, he kind of looks, does a double take and he sees the flashlight, one of the flashlights, you know, and he was like, oh, that's Tyler. So then he goes over there and he's like, Tyler, get up, Tyler, get up. And Tyler was barely conscious and he could not get him to wake up. So at that point, he just left. He left his friend and he took off toward the main house. He ran as fast as he could. And he said, you know, dude, I had one shoe on. And he goes, I got back to the main house. And, you know, there's like a little, like a little uh, fence. I remember like a chain link fence. He's like, "I, I just jumped and flipped over and fell over the chain link fence. And he's like, and at that moment, he goes, there was a skunk in the yard. <laughs> and he said, and it sprayed and because it, 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 he scared it, you know. And uh, so he he runs up to the door and he didn't get a full spray of the skunk, but it got him. It, it, he kind of ran into it, you know, like the, 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 the spray, whatever. And he says, so I smelled terrible. My eyes were burning. I felt sick. So he's like, I, I got, I get getting you know, like kind of a half dose of a spray from a skunk, you know, and, and, and I'm, and I'm cut my top of my, my stomach from flipping over the chain link fence. And he's like, you know, it was freaking crazy. And, uh, they had a dog, but the dog kind of hung out. There were two of them. They hung out in the back area by the hangar and they were inside that fence. So the dogs were, were going crazy. They were barking, whatever. Uh, one of the dogs, for whatever reason, came running at him aggressively. Uh, and then it stopped and he thinks because of the, the smell of the skunk, you know, So he gets to the main door and he's banging on the door and he's like, grandpa, grandpa, you know, help, help, help. And then nobody was getting up. And then finally he saw a light come on in the kitchen. He ran around to the back. He's like, uncle Phil, uncle Phil, wake up. He's trying to get everybody awake. You know, his, his uncle comes out, asks him what's going on. 
He says, there's this thing out here and it's attacking the, the stone house. Tyler's hurt and Kyle's under the bed. Um, at this point, his brother he wakes up, he comes out and he's like, what's going on? His brother, his brother is a little bit younger. He's about my age, I guess. Um, and so anyway, this whole family gets woken up, you know, like, and so everybody gets, grabs a gun, you know, and like, let's go. And so they go and they jump in the truck and they had an old red pickup truck. I'll remember, never forget. It was an old Chevy. And they, and it was their farm. That was the farm truck, you know? And so they took off going toward the stone house. Uh, they find Tyler, they pick him up, they put him in there. Kyle. Okay. They go inside the stone house. He's nowhere to be found. Nobody, nobody ever saw Kyle again, dude. That was it. He was gone. Nah, I'm just kidding, folks. That's not what happened. No, they went inside the stone house. Kyle was gone. He was nowhere to be found. Okay. 20 minutes later, they're driving around the pasture. They're spotlighting. They're yelling, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. There's no trace of this creature. They don't know where it's at. Now, there was tall grass all over the place. You know, it was, it, they, it's a the, the thing could be hiding anywhere. There's Kyle who's missing, you know. They eventually find him near that bottom land that that was that was the neighbors kind of, they kind of the kind of uh, jutted into their property. They found him right there near like I guess he had made a break for B, for uh, BJ's house and uh, was going to try and hide there or whatever. Uh, and he got about halfway, he stumbled, he fell, uh, and apparently hit his head on a log. That's that's the best that 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 we could figure. And, uh, and he said that, uh, whatever it was that was in pursuit of him disappeared. Like it didn't, it didn't come after him. Now, while they got the kids and put them all in the truck and started heading back to the main house, they heard this, this shrieking. He said, it's not like a howl. He said it was like a shrieking noise. And then, and, the, and the, it came from this like, you know, clearing when there was like a, like a clearing on, on the, I guess it would be the North side of the property. And I remember I can see it in my mind's eye. And there was like a tree line and we never went into that tree line because those woods were so thick and you would get ticks and chiggers and who knows what else all over you. Okay. I mean, I'm talking, it was bad. And then there were boar nettles and there was every kind of poison oak and whatever in there. So you, you, we just didn't, we didn't go into that thicket, but they could hear something shrieking from that thicket. So they call the parents, parents come pick up Kyle you know, and everybody's back to normal. Well, a couple of weeks after that, uh, I saw him at church and we had been on vacation. We were down like at the coast or something. And I come back the next, the week after. And he's like, he goes, man, you, you wouldn't believe what happened. You know, he goes, you know, my friend Kyle. And I'm like, yeah, the nerdy kid from, you know, and he goes, yeah. And he said, so he starts telling me this, this fantastical story. I was a little kid, you know, and I thought, wow, that's crazy. You know? So at, as we were at church, um, one of the people from the church was like, oh, that's demonic, you know, don't talk about that. And they just kind of like told us to quit talking about it. And so it wasn't really brought up again. But then years later, uh, we were, we were at a, uh, a function, a track and field, you know, meeting or whatever. And I ran into him and I said, Hey man, what's up, Brandon? We were like our te teenagers or whatever. I'd already had my encounter with the dog man. Um, and we started talking about that night. And what had happened to him, and he gave me a pretty good overview. And there was me and a few of the kids that I went to school with, and they were all like, "Oh, that's crazy! You know, this this happened, whatever." And uh, yeah, he was real adamant that that happened. So when I ran into his brother, I always wanted to make sure that I got all the right details to the story, and I didn't just start, you know, kind of whatever, just assuming 
but yeah, together we kind of filled in the blanks of what, what, what we thought happened. And he did give me permission to kind of give my theory on what I think it was. And, and I, and I do believe absolutely that it was connected to had something to do with those, uh, Bigfoot type troglodyte creatures that my uh, dad's family had told me about years and years ago. Um, and, and I really think that it's, it had something to do with those. I think it was one of those. Um, it was only one. Now, after that happened, they stayed away from the stone house. They didn't ever go and play there anymore. And, and it just gotten more and more dilapidated. And, um, they just kind of hung around the main part of the property. Um, there was one other incident that happened with this creature. And I'll tell you about that. But now the guy, BJ, that I was telling you about, okay, he liked to drink, okay? And he wasn't even really old enough to be drinking. But anyway, he was an older teenager, and, and he came back from town, and he, was, he had been drinking. He fell asleep in his truck. He passed out. It wasn't unusual. We'd see BJ. He, was, he had a drinking problem. And it's unfortunate to be that young. And eventually he did get help for it and, you know, whatever. Um, and unfortunately he did. I do believe he passed away. Uh, several years ago from a car wreck. So anyways, uh, he, he would pass out in his truck. Well, something literally woke him up by banging on the side of his vehicle. And uh, he wakes up, he looks over to the passenger side and he sees this, I mean, the exact description, this uh, gray faced looking creature with a protruding looking muzzle um, and its hands are slapping the, the, the door and the hood and it's touching the window, not like bang, 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 trying to get into him, but it's almost like it's trying to figure out a way to open, to get to him, but it's not, you know, and then it starts rocking the vehicle back and forth. So BJ being the kind of guy he was, and I remember this guy, he was pretty, he was kind of nuts. Like <laughs> he took, he took his gun, his pistol, and I don't know what 20, because he had several of them, and he'd let us shoot them, too, all the time. And he just pointed it right at the window and shot it point blank right through the glass. And uh, he said it hit it right in the chest, and it screeched, screamed. And at that point, like, it just started pounding on the vehicle worse, and it, and it put a bunch of dents in it and literally, like, lifted it up partway and then dropped it. And he said that this thing did not look like it was big enough. This is a story that he told Brandon and, and Brandon's dad and, and his uncle. He said it didn't look like it would have been big enough and strong enough to lift, lift up the side of a, of a Dodge truck, but it did, you know? And so, because I believe he had a Dodge, if I remember correctly, and his grandfather had a Chevy, and I remember we would drive those trucks around out there. It was fun growing up, you know, in those rural communities, you know? 15 years of my life, folks, I was out in them woods. And uh, so... He said it, it didn't seem like it should have been strong enough to lift up the side of his truck, but it did. And it, he said that it dang near tumped him out of the, you know, like his door. He started to open the door debating I should get out. And then he gets lifted up halfway. And then he's starting to fall out. And he thinks, oh, this truck's going to fall and crush me. So he closed his door. And this, he said it was like this thing couldn't figure out like how to get into him. So it wasn't too bright, obviously. It yeah. wasn't like very intelligent. Maybe hadn't been studying people enough to know to open the dang door handle or whatever. But he said he shot it dead in its chest right there. And I believe he said it was like a forty four. he shot it with. And so if I remember correctly, and then he shot at it again and it, and eventually it jumped down, kind of got on all fours and kind of loped off into the, and, you know, crossed the creek down the bottom and took off. They believe it was the same creature. And it was red hair, like it had reddish brown hair. 
and and it just was like uh, it, he, the way they described it was like if you took uh, a Neanderthal. Okay, this is not their words. This is mine. Okay, folks, telling me what they thought it was, and when they give me the description of it, or Brandon and and David, basically saying that it was like if you took a Neanderthal and you mixed it with an ape. Okay, that that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, and the fact that it but, the, that you said that it didn't look like it should be as strong as it was, but it was strong enough to lift up the side of his truck. That, that that's that's very primate because if you think of a chimpanzee, they're not they're not very large, imposing creatures. Um, but they're strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're dangerously and violently strong, but they're like you know they're not six foot tall and full of muscle, and they're you know they're they're pretty small, but they're for their size, they're they're just little balls of of like rock like muscle muscle yeah and so, fury yeah <laughs> they tear people's faces mm -hmm. off and they like to attack certain areas that are soft tissue areas like yeah yeah so this thing might have had the same kind of like uh, muscle mm -hmm. tissue that that primates have because that, that that is a very particular type of muscle tissue that, that uh where, where it's extremely strong and and they they can't really. Uh, they don't have the ability to regulate their strength like me and you can. Like everything they do is just they're just going full tilt, and that's that's how their bodies are made. Mm -hmm. And and the muzzle. And I asked him about that because on this show, folks, I don't know if you go back and you listen into the archives, Dinopithecus. We've talked about it. I mean, you know, uh, it's obvious to me through some of the research I've done, talking to Ken Garrett, good friend of mine. We've talked about this Ryan Tremblay. We would you know the Mason County. Uh, encounter that I got definitely sounds like some sort of prehistoric, uh, baboon. Yeah. Like a giant baboon. But th this muzzle was short and it didn't, you know, when I, when I, when I mentioned that to Brandon about the possibly it being a, uh, baboon, he was like, no, I don't really think that's what it was. He's like, it, it, it looked like maybe that mixed with like some sort of other ape and a Neanderthal. He's like, you know, because I described the Neanderthal to him. I said, what, what do you think about that? And I sent him a picture and he's like, yeah, that, that could be if you mixed it with something else, more primitive. But he said it looked so mean, so menacing and so evil. And it had like these big old teeth, you know. Um, there wasn't really anything supernatural attached to this. I mean, like they didn't see balls of light or anything like that. No. Um, they didn't. They, I mean, there really wasn't anything. It was just that. Wait, so how did this encounter in, in the truck end? Did you go over that? Yeah, so in, in the truck, it, it 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 he shot it at it again, and it or he hit it, and it took off across the creek. Uh, so so he's he the first time he shot it, and it just made it really mad, mm -hmm. and it started trying to tip the truck over, and then he shot it again, and then it finally took off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and so that that that's what did it, and then he was just like his truck was messed up. Um, there wasn't any retaliation that I that I know of. Now, I mean, a lot of times people say, "Well, you hit you," they get mad, they come back, they throw rocks and stuff like that. Um, there was nothing that precluded, like there was nothing that, 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 uh, preceded that initial attack. It's weird because, you know, you would think that something would happen. Like maybe they would, something rocks would have been thrown or there would have been some sort of like, maybe we see footprints, nothing. Like I, when we were out there, we had no inkling of anything out there. Okay. The only rules really were, Hey, at night, don't go swimming in the, in the tank at night. And don't ever swim by yourself. And we really weren't supposed to be swimming in the tank. But, you know, his uncle would be like, hey, you know, just be careful. You know, the tank wasn't, you know, it wasn't so deep that you couldn't get, you know what I mean? It didn't come up past your chest. 
it wasn't, you know, the only, the only thing is that the cows would go in there and, and, and they would, they would, uh, drink or whatever. And then sometimes when you'd be trying to get out, you know, they'd be in your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, about the, it. The, that and the water moccasins. Well, that was more near the creek, but yeah, every now and then one of them would slither up in there and, and, and they'd be in the tank. Now I personally didn't see them in there. I didn't have any problems with them, but, uh, so that story there, that that's one that I've been kind of hanging on to because I was waiting to get the rest of the information and I did. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to throw that one out there. I believe it's a Sasquatch-type creature. I have a um, question. Uh, you said it had a pointed head. Like when you say pointed head, do you mean like 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 cone heads from Saturday Night Live type Absolutely. It was, it was Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> it, was, it was actually him in a suit. Well, mystery solved, so. He was like, we are from France. Everything up to this point. We is, must consume. <laughs> everything we talked about up to this point has been pointless because uh, now we know what it is. Ha, ha, ha. And we knew the whole time and we wasted all of your time. It, we did. And, and, it, and it was just him with, with fur uh, yeah. glued and plotches to his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end. And, and they, they consumed mass quantities. Uh, no, folks, no, that's not. It wasn't a cone head, dude. He just said it had a pointy head. That's all. That's all. I, I don't didn't really get much more than that. Okay. Didn't get... The eyes, I asked him about that, and one of them, he, he believes, had said that when they shined the flashlight on it, it had yellowy eyes. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it was nothing else that was just so weird about it. Um, I don't know. What else What else is there? I mean, I mean, that's it's pretty much it, you know? And uh, they looked for footprints. They found a couple weird-looking footprints, you know? But it was just like a stereotypical, like, Bigfoot-looking large footprint. I mean... There were a few of them that they saw, you know, like around near the tank, like later on, you know, in between that encounter and BJ's encounter, which was about two weeks apart. But after the encounter with BJ, either he hit it and it went out and died or it just got the message and said, I'm I'm not going to mess with these people anymore. Yeah. And the fact that it was small, you know, maybe, or maybe smaller than the average. I don't know. Maybe I've, I've had theories about it. Like maybe it was a juvenile. That had been kick, kind of gotten old enough and was too big for its britches, kind of like Zane. <laughs> and then it got kicked out of the group and said, hey, go on and go be an alpha somewhere else, you know, because you're starting to bother me, you know. And Zane, if you're listening, that's pretty much, I'm really being, I'm, I'm actually trying to be mean to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Zane, you know, I love you. But uh, no, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like it, it gets too out of hand maybe. And the, the the pack or group or what I don't know how it works. I mean, maybe they just told it get out of here, and it decided it had to find new territory. And so, well, maybe, that might explain why why there was no kind of retaliation if this thing was just off on its own. It's kind of like a lone creature or whatever, and mm-hmm. wasn't part of any kind of pack. So I don't know. It's just it's just, it's just th- a thought. My other my other theory is that it just wanted to play, and and you know, wimpy Kyle, Kyle just took it wrong. <laughs> He was like, hey, buddy, hey, where are you going? We're playing tag. And then it wanted to wrestle, and Kyle's on, no. And so then well, it, it ripped his did. shirt, you know. And- well, yeah, if, if, if it wanted to play, but it can't regulate his strength. So, so then. Exactly. It's not his fault, it's kinda Kyle. It's kind of like, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's that character's name from Mice and Men? Lenny. <laughs> you know, like he can't. <laughs> Like he wants, <laughs> like he wants to play with with fragile creatures, but he can't he, not he, kill he them. He breaks them. Yeah, kills them. Yeah, God, Kyle. It makes Kyle really sound bad in this. Really, honestly, Kyle, if you're listening, you you did this. You caused all of this. Okay, little Bobo wanted to play, and you just look what you did. Look what you did. 
and now his his opinion on humans is forever soured. Kyle's and listening. He, now, he hits me up. Now that creature's actually a vicious killer, but it but before it wasn't, and now it's it, it's your fault, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, Kyle. That family of four that was murdered at the roadside park and had their heads thrown into the trash and ripped apart by their limb from limb up in wherever somethingville. That was you, Kyle. You caused that. Thanks a lot. The thing is, like playtime is over. <laughs> I tried that, and humans weren't very nice they to me. They weren't very nice to me. I tried to, I tried to get into inside of the big metal box with one of them asleep, yeah. you know, and, and he tried to shoot me. Just wanted to play Nintendo with him. It was down. and wanted to play Castlevania. Yeah. One of the greatest games ever. So, yeah, and that's a fun game. I remember many nights, me and my friend Keith Bell trying to, trying to beat that game. We came to the conclusion that death, you couldn't beat death. We thought, actually, that that was like the whole, turns out we were wrong, that they're, they're – <laughs> It was just too difficult. If you do beat him, you actually do have to fight Dracula eventually. Yeah, no. But uh, folks, that's all. We, that's all the time we have for today. I believe we're at the, the, the time. And, and uh, anyways, we're just joking around. We're having a good time. But seriously, this is this is an encounter that happened, and I just thought I I was wanting to say, you know, I wanted to talk about it, but I wanted to make sure I had all the details and everything correct before I came out and started running my mouth. And that's that's the story as best as I can. Can come, you know, that's the best conclusion that I could come to. And so, anyways, thanks for listening. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And uh, from everybody here at PRT, me, Anthony, Nelly, Mushu, the whole gang, good night. Good night. <laughs>